I'm Aria Schwartz, and welcome to the Windsider Show, where it's all about the W. We are back with WNBA Stocks, where Owen Pence and I check the market in the WNBA. our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com you're looking to get tickets for the upcoming WNBA season or i guess this WNBA season <laughs> thanks to our sponsor TickPick. you don't have to worry the original no fee ticketing site and official ticketing partner of the defending WNBA champion chicago sky Use the link T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com backslash Windsider for all your upcoming ticket purchases for the WNBA, NFL, NBA, or any other event. Again, that's TickPick.com backslash Windsider. We're back with WNBA Stocks where we check the pulse on the market. Today is June 13th. Owen Pence, are we starting with up or down this week? You know... I, I'm I'm feeling good. It's sunny out here in uh, here in Brooklyn, New York. We had a we had a great game in market yesterday. The sky with a with a buzzer beating three to tear the hearts out of the Liberty faithful in attendance. It's a great game all around. Let's uh, let's go stock up. Let's start things off on a positive note, and uh, you know, might be a good segue. Um, a perfect your, segue. <laughs> To your stock up team, which just happens to be the one that I am in market for. New York Liberty, got to be the stock up. Uh, Johannes joins the team, a team that was already trending up. Um, and bam, they look so much better. I mean, her her flow on this team really, it, it's almost like that children's book, The Missing Piece, where the wheel wasn't able to roll around because it was missing the piece. They now feel a little bit more complete, like they're... I mean, I'm going to say missing piece like 30 more times. And I and I and I think that's maybe an over exaggeration, but to the extent of just adding more of that style of player to this team is really what they needed. Um, I would also want to point out that I think it's time to pull the plug on the Dolson experiment and just give all of her minutes to Han. Um, Han has just been ridiculously impressive throughout. There are still some question marks. Um you know, Natasha Howard's play hasn't been the uh, the high level of play that we've come to expect of her. Um, but the the way that Sabrina has been able to move off ball with the addition of, of Crystal Dangerfield on this team and then just really do what she does best, which is move without the ball, facilitate for others, but hit big shots when she needs to and just be there when her team needs her. Um, the other thing that I think that this team really has going for them is Sandy Brondello. Like, yes, it's taken some time to really get a rhythm of things to really make this team look like a competent team better than we've seen over the past few years in New York, right? Like they brought in Sandy because they were supposed to be taking a step forward in the future of this team. So they brought in a respected championship uh, caliber head coach. And I think now we're starting to see that take, take form. Um, and if you know Sandy Rondell and you followed her throughout her career, her teams are notoriously known for starting slow, but ending real, real hot. So I have to say that's another reason for me in my mind. I'm looking at this team and going, wow, they're trending up. Um, I'm sure you've got some 
you know, mind boggling analytical stats to uh, drop some on us, Owen. So I'll, I'll hand it off to you now. I'm I'm actually going to go pure. I'm going to make my dad proud here in this part of the of, of the show and just go old school eye test. I, I'm going to have numbers later, um, especially as we get to the down stocks. But this is all just kind of stuff that I've soaked up from, you know, being lucky enough to attend these games and, and talk to the team on a regular basis. Um, I think you nailed it. The, the only the only thing, and I can't believe I'm going to do this, if you've been a part of the Windsider Slack for a while, you know that, you know, I've, I've had some critiques of Steph Dolson's game over the years, but I'm actually going to defend her here for a second. I think that she's starting her stride just a little bit. And the, the one thing she does best on the floor, I would say undeniably, is setting screens. It's something that doesn't show up in, in any numbers, really, except, you know, if you get the super, super uh, fancy advanced numbers which the WNBA, you know, is never blessed with. Um, but, I mean, she is setting killer screens to get Sabrina open. And I think that, that you know, the number one thing, obviously, with this team right now is that Sabrina is starting to look like the player that, that she was billed as. And I think one player who you didn't mention, who kind of everyone on the team has been talking about and who actually arrived before Marine did, and obviously, you know, uh, Marine's um uh, addition to this team and 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 what she brings is hugely essential um but crystal dangerfield is someone who's really lightened the load on sabrina in in very subtle ways but but bringing the ball up just allowing sabrina to be able to kind of conserve some energy in the parts of the game where where everything was being made super difficult for her we're now seeing sabrina operate off the ball more and and with marines you know, joining this team, it, it, it only furthers uh, Sandy's freedom to be able to deploy Sabrina off the ball. And and what we're seeing is she's just tearing these defenses apart with her shooting. I mean, her range extends to the logo. She's not afraid to, to shoot from there. And it kind of boggles my mind that some of these teams are still, you know, using drop coverage against her and not immediately blitzing and trapping her off pick and rolls. You have to get the ball out of her hands. Um, in the first quarter uh, yesterday against Chicago, I mean, she just put on a passing clinic in the pick and roll. Um, and and uh, this team just is rounding into form. And I think Crystal Dangerfield uh, being added to the roster, you know, was was honestly a huge part of that. So, you know, is this a playoff team? There's still a lot of work to be done. Um, and I don't want to get too carried away here. But I think, you know, they have they have the the star player who can kind of take over a game, as we've seen a number of times from Sabrina over the past couple of weeks. And now it seems like they finally have enough complementary players to kind of accentuate the strengths of their best players. And, and you know, again, with Steph Dolson, I agree. Han has been way better. Han has been awesome. I mean, the best story of this team so far this year. But I kind of like her her impact off the bench right she plays against the second unit you know you can't have her immediately coming into the league for the first time in years and and playing 32 minutes a game like starters would I kind of like how Sandy is using her maybe 20 20 minutes is kind of this sweet spot where you can mix and match with with her and Steph depending on matchups but I do think that as much you know criticism as as Dolson can get justifiably so in terms of what she brings on the court 
Um, I do think that that her screen setting is kind of essential to this team and really pries open some space for for the shooters on this team in a way that none of the other bigs can do. Yeah, no, I hear that. Um, I'm not going to sit here and, and pat you on the back for a Steph Dolson compliment. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I had to do it, folks. Um, no, but I, I agree. I mean, I guess the, the long-term concern I have is, um, you know, what's going to happen when the hardship exam or the hardship contract for a crystal eventually comes to an end. Um, what happens to this team? Are we going to see that that just causes, you know, the undoing? Are they going to be at a better place where they found other ways to supplement that? Um, it's also been really, really interesting to see some of the Sandy quotes. I mean, if, if you love coach interviews, Sandy Brondello is one of the best coaches to have. Um, she's made some fiery comments, not because the way she said it or whatever was so fiery, but just the narrative that's been put out about Crystal Dangerfield has been that she is a liability on defense, which I think we all can agree on to a certain extent. But Sandy's been talking about her defense in a positive light throughout her whole time in New York, which I think is a really, really interesting uh, kind of twist on that. And yeah, I'm, I'm just excited to see where this team goes. Um, as there's going to be some more motion in that roster um, as some players hopefully come back from injury. We never want to see anybody down for injury. You have a team uh, that you wanted to do up. And, and I'm going to be honest, when we were prepping for the show, I said, you know what, let's only do one team up. But uh, you wanted to talk to them in a positive light. So uh, you bring them up. Let, let me do it. And I'm going to I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to do it. I'm going to put you on blast right here. In the show prep had the audacity to to put forth the Seattle Storm as this week's stock down team, a team that just won three games in a row, has the Western Conference Player of the Week. I mean, I'm flabbergasted. I'm excited to hear what you have to say in that regard, because I think I probably will agree with, with some of what you're saying. Um, but it, to me, uh, this team is is slowly trending in the right direction, I would say. Um, there's still main areas for concern, namely the offense. They're, they're eighth in offense right now. They're second in defense. Uh, last week when we taped, they were, they were ninth and third. So they're, they're slowly, you know, moving up the leaderboards. Um, I think the, the biggest positive that, that I want to mention is Ezzy Magbagor, who, who anyone who follows me on Twitter knows, you know, has been one of my favorite players in the league, uh, since her rookie season. Uh, leading the league in blocks over three a game. I mean, just kind of destroying people on the defensive end um, and and really starting to grow offensively too. I mean, she's always shown flashes and there's still times when it can look a little little rough, but it, it, she's just getting better and better and making a bigger uh, impact on the game this season than, than she ever has previously. Um, I mean, Stewie is just playing at a ridiculous level right now after kind of her... Uh, slow start to the season, you know, largely due to to having to miss a few games um, with COVID. But but Stewie is just dominating right now and completely just the only real source of offense that this team is getting. You know, during certain stretches of the game, obviously Jewel Lloyd is a is a prolific offensive player, uh, and she's been you know pretty decent from three this year. But I'd say she's she's had slightly less 
good season than than her potential might um might indicate like that was extremely poorly worded what i'm trying to say is jewel lloyd can play better than this that's what i'm trying to say so stewie's really picking up a lot of the slack right now and i think that that they kind of need and and i'm sure you're going to talk about the coaching element which i think might be one of the reasons why we're not seeing like full meshing on the offensive end but ultimately i mean dallas is a playoff team last year. They're likely going to be a playoff team this year. And Seattle went into their building um, and won twice. Uh, they also beat Atlanta at home. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a decently close game. And then Seattle pull, pulled away in the final five. But I mean, that's three good wins in a week. And, and that's these are games that this team has really been struggling to eke out. I don't think this is sustainable if, if, you, if you're looking forward to the playoffs. Because you're going to have to start scoring at a better clip. It's just, it's undeniable. So I, I'll kind of pass the baton off to you here because I'm sure that's uh, that's notably what you want to talk about. And then the other weak spot here, the team is last in the league in rebounding. So they they can't make any noise in the playoffs if the offense doesn't improve and if they don't start rebounding the ball. But ultimately, this team, largely due to Stewie and Ezzy, is slowly trending in the right direction. Yeah. And I would say like, look, when we talked about it, you know, maybe I was going for the hot take reaction. Uh, Maybe not. But I think it's pretty easy for me to sit here and go, yeah, they're trending in the right direction. But I don't know if it's enough of a movement in my eyes to say that they're a stock up that that's where my thing is. And it's kind of similar to what we were talking about um, when we had Connecticut in the stock uh, down and up one one week. Um, Or I almost did it up. You ended up doing them down. just because when I look at this team, yes, they pulled off three wins. None of those wins had me sit back and go, oh, Seattle looks like a dangerous team again. None of those wins had me look back and go, oh, now I can feel, feel confident in Seattle's next game. Um, yes, they, they, they beat Atlanta in Atlanta, um, you know, a team that I think most of us expect to be, you know, Probably at this point in the season, what we're over a third of the way through, we consider them a playoff team just based on rankings, things like that, or a bubble playoff team, if you want to look at it like that. Um, Look, Seattle's playing good enough to make the playoffs as of now, which wasn't the case, you know, two weeks ago. But at the end of the day, I have so many questions for the coaching staff. I don't exactly understand what they're trying to do in comparison to what's been successful over the past X amount of years. This team obviously has the talent. And yes, they're going to have to hide Sue Bird a little bit more. She's getting up there in years. It's not, you know, unless you're living under a rock uh, and haven't been following any of the mainstream news coverage. They don't have the firepower of Sammy and Clark. Fine. But they have talent on both sides. They definitely added in elements that will make them a much more elite defense than we've seen, you know, in the last year and a half, I would say, or season and a half. Um, But yeah, look, when you look at, the games individually when you when you take a step back and you go oh three wins okay yeah i get why you want to put them on stock up but you look at those wins i mean two of them i would chalk up to dallas's lack of coach late game coaching expertise and like i'm saying that as nice as i possibly can you let stewie like basically create a home build a home in the paint when you have what five seconds left, something crazy like that, like obviously she's gonna get the ball in there, she's gonna take the shot, think she got fouled or whatever it was, ends up making it a two point game or a three point game, um, and then Enrique is not able to finish the the shot, and then you have in this last game where Satu leaves the game injury, Enrique leaves the game with ejection, 
And it was still a fairly close game that went down pretty close to the wire. So like, yes, if you're looking at it as a, you know, plus or minus, it has to be one. It can't be a, a, a zero. Then, yeah, I guess I would say like they're trending in the right direction, but not enough of growth for me to say, oh, I'm sitting here and I have any more confidence in this team to win a game than I did two weeks ago. Because I think realistically, when you're Seattle right now, we have expectations because of who's on this roster to win games. So like, I'm not going to pat you on the back for beating a team we everyone expects you to beat. You know what I mean? Um, And yeah, I feel like I've been mean enough. Any rebuttal? (laughs) No, I think I think that's all fair. I think uh, I think that's pretty valid. I'm going to I'm going to just transition into stock down here since before before you do do just want to remind the folks if you don't know. Now you do know Winsider's been hosting some WNBA watch parties. We're using a cool new platform called Playback. We're all able to watch it together. No spoilers, which is key thing for family or friends. Watch parties. Uh, We've been doing it. We've been doing some free giveaways during it with vintage WNBA jerseys, posters, T-shirts, WNBA top shot. It's free to sign up. And seriously, it takes like less than two minutes to sign up. Uh, the link is getplayback.com backslash room backslash winsider. Again, that's getplayback.com backslash room backslash winsider. And this week on Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern, when the New York Liberty will be hosting the Washington Mystics, we'll be joined by guest and former Washington Mystics player, Crystal Thomas. So it should be a fun one. Uh, she's going to break down what makes Coach T so good and what she's seeing uh, with these players that she used to play with. And uh, that she used to go up against. Now on to you, Owen, for the down teams. I love it. Um, all right, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Dallas Wings this week. Who we just touched on a little bit in talking about Seattle. They played uh, those two played uh, two games this week. Seattle won both, and they were fairly close. Um, now I don't think a lot has changed with Dallas. In some ways, they're like the most difficult team to analyze because you just I don't think any team has a higher kind of upswing into downswing into upswing all in the in the span of one week potential than Dallas. Like Dallas does this all the time. So to pin them as stock trending down, stock trending up, it's like it's also fluid with them. And I think that is ultimately kind of my thesis my my thesis for for them being being down this week is that this team at some point has to find some semblance of consistency, both in terms of rotations and in terms of performance. Uh, you can't just never know what you're going to get from your team on a nightly basis and expect to have any sort of sustainable you know, winning product, I think. Um, and I mean, the main thing here, and I hate to do it, and I'm definitely not going to get into the objection. I don't really care to discuss that. Um, nor do I really have any original interesting thoughts on it, but Arike, who I'll preface this by saying, this is someone who, you know, I have some of her merch. I have, I have her shirt, uh, her performance in the 2018 final four, I think is the single greatest final four performance in the history of basketball. So I love Arike, but I mean, she is signed to a super max contract for the next handful of years. She is the face of this franchise. And we have a lot of data at this point that points to her being the worst starter in the starting five. And how do you reckon that? I mean, this is someone whose shot creation abilities are elite. Uh, 
but who consistently shoots bad percentages and doesn't do nearly enough in the other aspects of the game to make up for the fact that she's shooting in the mid 30%. Um, so, so she's electrifying. She's great for the league. I love rooting for her. I, I want her to succeed, but we see time and again that this team performs better oftentimes when she's off the floor and her, her former college teammate and good friend Marina Mabry is kind of the, the, the focal point uh, of the guard rotation. I think Alicia Gray and, and Isabel Harrison, you could make a case that they're the two best players on this team and have been for a, for a couple of years now. Um, but oftentimes they're kind of, you know, they're kind of pushed to the back burner because it's the Arike show. And, you know, you you mentioned in talking about Seattle, Arike gets ejected, but Seattle wasn't able to pull away. Well, I'd almost frame it the other way, which is like when we saw the news, you know, after the, the Liberty press conferences were over yesterday that Arike had been ejected, my gut reaction was, oh, Dallas might have a chance now in this game. And that feels mean to say. Um, and again, I, I can't stress enough that I love Arike. I, I, I love her game. I love watching her. But I really want her to, to develop a, as a playmaker, as a defender, um, as a rebounder. There's so many aspects that she could improve upon, and we just haven't quite seen it yet. We've seen I've seen little flashes of her making really good passes. I've seen little flashes of her playing good defense, but it's never sustained. And this kind of goes back to to my original point with this team, which is that it is so inconsistent. To, to, to try to pin them. You, you can't do it. You just don't know night in and night out which version of the wings you're getting. And I think we're kind of reaching a breaking point where it's like, all right, something has to give because, you know, it, it, you, you can't just keep going along here in mediocrity. Um, you got to, you, you might have to shake things up and I don't know, I don't know what form that'll take, but, but uh, they, they've been bugging me a little bit recently. No, I completely agree. I mean, it's funny because it's this weird enigma of like you're not gonna win a champ like the team's better without Arike right now like as we have the stats to back up that statement it's not you know whatever um but if if we talk about it like realistically you need that star who is Arike for those final four moments but you can't get to those moments with the way she's playing so it's this you know what comes first the chicken or the egg situation honestly here's my thing. This team has grown, and I, I really, I, and it's gonna sound ridiculous to say this after I just hated on Noel Quinn, but Vicky Johnson, like I hate putting it completely on the coaches, and I'm not putting it completely on the coaches in any of these situations. There's players that need to step up and perform better, um, but with this one, there's like we've seen the growth in, in a lot of the players and this team as a whole getting better and better and better. And obviously the continuity has kind of masked some of the lack of individual player growth. But I think Rachel Galligan, um, my dear friend had a amazing post after that, uh, that Stewie and one where it's just like, if you know what the play call is, you know if Stewie like camps out in the paint and it gets established and you and they can get her the ball, that's two easy buckets and probably a foul. Like that's that like did you just ignore the scouting report? Did you just and and it's like things like that that at a certain point it goes on the coaches where you had a timeout before this play, you knew what was going down, you had time to plan it, 
and then it still happened at a certain point you know i'm not saying heads need to roll but like you need to be accountable for the actions and and that's what my biggest issue is i completely agree with everything you said i think it's it's an abundance it's you know their issue is that they have too many good players they haven't been able to find the right rotations now they're starting to get a little bit more of the rotations going but at that same time we haven't seen the individual players growth that we've seen necessarily as a whole team and i think that's kind of what you were pointing out when it comes specifically to Arike, which is she can be there in, in, in that in the most important moments and make the most important plays. Like in that game, she almost in the first game that she wasn't ejected from, she almost hit that three rimmed out. Um, she hits that. It's a very different conversation right now. Right. Are we talking about Seattle as an up team? Are we talking about Dallas as a down team? Um, probably still, but it's a very, di- very, very different situation. Um, my down team's in Atlanta. And, I was a little bit weary of picking Atlanta. Obviously, one, because I wanted to do Seattle, but Owen talked me out of it. Uh, but two, just because with Atlanta, I think they've kind of outkicked the coverage. They've done better than we've expected so far. And I think we're going to see throughout the season, they're going to kind of take those two steps forward and then a step back. And the reason I think we're going to see that is because of how this roster is made up. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to sound like a Atlanta dream poster boy here, but like, they're trying to build a team of culture, not necessarily rack up the wins right now. And what comes with that is, yeah, you have a rookie who is just playing lights out basketball for the most part. Um, rookies, uh, you have a nice set of vets who are really trying to prove themselves at this point in their career. And I just think, you know, we're seeing what what's the term we're seeing competence. And I mean that in the most positive way, because a lot of times these bottom dwelling teams, these teams that are stuck in the bottom, i.e. Indiana um, and Atlanta of recent, and honestly of, of recent Minnesota too this season um, where you sit there and you go, it's the simple things that are losing them games. It's the lack of effort. It's, it's, you know, it plays and things that just leave you head scratching. I haven't seen that from Atlanta for the most part. Now, obviously, um, a double-digit loss is, is never a great thing. They only had two games since our last one, uh, our last stock, so it's a little bit hard to to give them a fair judgment. So I completely understand if Atlanta Dream fans are going to try and you know find us and burn down our house. Um, that said, a two-point loss to the Mercury is a tough one because I kind of do believe that they're at that same point, and that's kind of, for me, uh, what really pushed them into this downswing. What do you think? I think you nailed it in all regards. Um, I think that, like the outkicked the coverage, you know, phrase is, is kind of perfect here because like you said, and I think we had this with Indiana a couple weeks ago, maybe last week, I could, they're all mixing together now, but where, you know, I had the fever as a downstock, but with the caveat that like, you know, it's not about the results, right? Like they are playing way better than any of us anticipated. And just because for this one week, the stock is trending slightly down, does not mean that the fans shouldn't be overwhelmingly positive about what's going on. Like the two biggest things undeniably from this season so far for Atlanta is that they nailed the head coaching hire. Tanisha Wright has been awesome and they nailed the draft. They traded to get the number one pick and took Ryan Howard, who is clearly a superstar transcendent type of player that you build your franchise around. So like any sort of little 
mild minor critiques that we can make in season about what we're seeing on the floor is is really it's inconsequential because ultimately the dream are just trending so much in the right direction after a true disaster of a season last year. So that's what I'll say to start. But I do think it's funny too. Like, do you think Dan Padover, the, the, the new GM for the, for the dream and the former two time executive of the year with the aces, do you think he ever like texts Tanisha and's just like, Hey, could you just like chill out on winning games this year? Because ultimately like they're winning too many games. They 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 should be trying to pair Aaliyah Boston with with Ryan Howard in a perfect world. Um, and th- right now they're just too good for for that to happen. Uh, I, I I sometimes wonder if Pat Overs like could we just could we just chill on the winning for like one season? But ultimately it's like no, this is really valuable to to be winning games and to just kind of uh, exciting the fan base after putting them through just a kind of torturous season last year. Um, so ultimately, like, I'm still pretty positive on the dream, but, but you know, because they are the downstock this week, they lost a couple of games. I think there's going to be a lot more losses to come. I, I'm, I still don't think they're a playoff lock, although they've put themselves in a fantastic position. They'd have to fall pretty precipitously um, to, to fall out of the top eight. But I do think, you know, Phoenix is, is trending upward slightly. New York's trending upward. The Sparks, we still have to see. But there's still a scenario here where the, where the, the dream could find themselves in the lottery, and that wouldn't be a bad thing at all. I think that just to go to the numbers here real quickly, um, still first in defense, still kind of on a, on a historic defensive trajectory, although it's regressed to the mean slightly um, this past week. But the offense is a disaster. And this is even more credit to Ryan Howard. The fact that she's putting up the numbers and and, and really posting the, the efficiency that she has been as a rookie is mind-boggling because she has no help. Cheyenne Parker's awesome, clearly the second-best player, but not cut out to be the second-best offensive player on a, on a good team, even though I, I have nothing but good things to say about Cheyenne's game, but this team is is 12th in the league in offense. They're 12th in turnover percentage. They're 12th in assist percentage. So they are in the cellar when it comes to passing the ball, when it comes to turning the ball over, and when it comes to scoring. And it's just because they don't have any options. I mean, it's all Howard. It's the Howard show. And again, the fact that she's doing this with such a weak offensive supporting cast is kind of remarkable. But... Um, they're going to they're going to keep losing more games this year and it's really not a bad thing in the grand scheme of things but that's kind of why the stock is down right now it's like it's hard to win games when you don't score the ball and that is some profound analysis on my part real groundbreaking stuff here on the wind side i think i heard i think i heard one of the announcers this week say or no you know what it was jim suhan in the show reeve podcast um where he said something to the effect of uh Basketball is a, a game of making baskets and missing bat or made shots and missed shots. It's a make or miss league, baby. Yeah, it's a make or miss league. Maybe that was it. <laughs> um, stock watch. Stock watch. Dun dun Um, all right. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna list a couple teams. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do a brief one and then and then put you on the spot and you can list whatever the hell you want. Uh-oh. Um, the two teams that are the biggest on my stock watch. Um. I'm going to avoid the one that that I've been beaten all over the place. 
Phoenix Mercury and the LA Sparks. Now, the reason I got them both on the stock watch is the same exact thing. Mercury on a three-game win streak. Sparks on a two-game lose streak. Lost Derek Fisher also. Might be an addition by subtraction. But then they just got mopped by the Aces the other day with the first game in the post-Derek Fisher era of the Los Angeles Sparks. Um, I'm, I'm more so than like having a prediction of either of these teams. I mean, I do believe that the Mercury are going to continue to dip south. Um, LA Sparks, I think, are just kind of going to ride the wave like uh, somebody in a floaty out in the ocean, right? Like going up and down and up and down and, and it's going to be a rough season, but they're going to be a fun one. So those are my two stock watches, two teams that uh, I fully expect to be on uh, WNBA stocks in the next week or so. All right. Well, I'll give you two as well. One of them is one of the teams you mentioned, which was going to be my stock watch, which is the Mercury. Um, this is a team that, as you mentioned, just won three in a row. Uh, and they kind of have a, a fairly brutal schedule this week. They have a back-to-back on the road, Tuesday night at Washington, Wednesday night at Indiana, um, and then Friday in Dallas. So that's that's three games in four days on the road, and not just on the road, but, I mean, Washington to Indiana. All over the country. The, the travel is very, very bad. So, you know, don't be surprised if, if the Mercury, you know, kind of, come back to earth after this scorching three game win streak. Um, but I do want to kind of see how they continue to play. I think uh, shape Hetty has been like one of the most under talked about great uh, performers of this season, really playing awesome basketball off the bench and they really need it. Um, you know, 25 minutes a game from, from somebody off the bench like that. Um, so, so they're one of my teams. And then the other team I'm going to mention here is, uh, is your squad, the Minnesota Lynx. Now, do I want to watch the Minnesota Lynx play basketball right now? No. So it might be a little counterintuitive to place them on the on the stock watch here. I'm just curious to see some of the minutes that are received after Sylvia Fowles, you know, super unfortunately suffered an injury and is going to be out here for a while. Um, I mean, are they going to go full tank? Are they going to be completely unwatchable? Are we actually going to kind of see some some players start to shine just by virtue of the fact that they need to step up and someone needs to score buckets. Um, Minnesota hosts Seattle tomorrow night. That one is going to be on ESPN. Um, and uh, and then Minnesota later in the week will travel to, uh, to Vegas. So those could be some really rough games and some big losses. And again, I don't really like want to watch Minnesota, but I'm just curious to see what the rotations are like what Cheryl Reeve is going to do now that it just seems like a complete lost season. So many perplexing, you know, moves in the off season. I think namely crystal Dangerfield, who we're seeing thrive in New York. What, what are you doing? Um, but uh, those are, those are the teams I'm going to have my eye out for this week. Yeah, no, Hey, I, I'm with it. I, realistically though, let's, you know what, they're eight games back from first place and just, uh, two games behind the Mercury and the Sparks and the Liberty. Uh, I mean, like, look, we're a third of the season in. I think it's totally fair and realistic for us to sit here and talk about these teams. I think it might be a little much, um, even though we are definitely entering tank conversation when it comes to the, the Minnesota Lynx. Um, but but if we're talking about the Lynx, can't go a podcast without, without mentioning uh, Nikolina Milic, who had just a baller of a game the other night. Against Indiana in the 84-80 loss. Lots of questions behind that. We're not going to go into that game. 
Milic in 30 minutes drops 23, a new career high. Uh, shockingly, only six rebounds and three assists also. Milic is a player that I'm just so hyped on. And I I hope, 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 um, you know, look, is she going to fill the shoes of Sylvia Fowles next season? No, but if Nikolina Milic is not in the league next season, you're going to have a very, very angry podcast host. Um, as always, thanks everybody for joining us. Sorry this episode went a little long. Reminder, join us Thursday as we welcome Crystal Thomas to the playback show uh, as we do a little watch party. Hashtag watch with Windsider. Have a good one.